your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. We'll play this version so we don't get in any trouble with Marvin's people. Welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. It's a very the last weird... thing we need is a lawsuit from Marvin Gaye's people. Well, and taxpayers wouldn't pay for it either. So, not that taxpayers were paying for that one, but again, we have like uh, what was it? The abortion lawsuit in Wisconsin, right? There's, and I was just thinking about the the Republicans want that. It's hard to do this with. Let's get it on. It's a very, very kind of the opposite. Things going on right there. Talking abortion lawsuit with Marvin Gaye in the back. Um, and we don't. I don't want to get into this because it's just sometimes it's just too much. But the, there's like dueling abortion laws in in Wisconsin. Sure. A, a, allegedly, or maybe that's what the fight is. Right. 1985, there was a law, and obviously mm-hmm. 1849, we have a law. Mm-hmm. And so the, a, a Republican attorney, I think wants the law thrown out. He's a Sheboygan attorney general. Right. And I'm like, and then Josh call, right. Has the lawsuit. So a, we're paying Josh call, but does Josh call have a lawyer or is Josh call the lawyer? You know what I mean? <laughs> like when, when, when it's like uh, Josh calls staff, like yeah, he's when got I have, a staff. when I have Tim Grinky on, you know, but Grinky's in court sometimes and he has a staff, but uh, so we have a staff of lawyers that are fighting for one abortion law versus another and then Republicans have another set of lawyers, and who's paying for all the lawyers? Again, we're just all the taxpayers are just paying for a lawsuit of butting heads when the legislators could just figure it out. Like, stop paying, stop using our tax money on lawyer fees. Oh, how much have we seen that, Rick, since the Democratic Governor Evers and the Democratic Attorney General Josh Call were both elected in 2018 and then re-elected in 2022? All throughout that time, we've had a Republican-controlled legislature and lawsuits galore paid for by the taxpayers. And that's what happens when you've got divided control of government. Democrats controlling one branch, Republicans controlling another branch, and they don't get along very well. So we get lawsuits and lots of lawyer bills that the taxpayers tend to pick up. Do you think that's just unique to the divide in Wisconsin or div- or the divide in general? Is it only— Yeah, Rick— because because yeah. uh, because our overlords, the political overlords, I would say, are in cahoots with each other just to to ramp up the lawyer fees that are on the taxpayer dime as a way of just making money for their lawyer overlords. Because the lawyers are kind of in charge of the politicians sometimes. Well, I love the conspiracy theory right. angle that I mean, it's all about generating conflict for the lawyers to generate fees. It might as well be conspiracy week because yesterday we just talked about That's the moon right. landing. The whole yeah. Day. The moon landing, and we kind of, sort of, we there was a little snippet there where we related it to the JFK assassination. Now, that was the most intriguing, in my view, as a political scientist, point of your conversation with Spencer yesterday, where you related the JFK conspiracy theory to the moon landing conspiracy theory. Yeah, did the moon landing coincide with JFK's assassination? You got to tune in on uh, Lacrosse Talk PM podcast at wisdomnews.com slash podcast. All right, that's UW Lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Chergoski. I'm Rick Solom, hanging out here. He's hanging out here for the hours. He does most Fridays. Uh, 
Chagoski, there's a plant sale. It's on for another hour. You're not going to get to it at at Grow. I just stopped in there. And the Cameron Park Farmer's Market, you can get to that after the show if you want. Oh, just, nice. It was the first week of that. So I'll just mention that. It was people driving around. They want something to do downtown. Uh, two things going on right now. And the Farmer's Market will go till dusk. You have on your list here Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. Yeah. Now, I, you didn't see this. So something... Scott Walker said, slip by the political science professor. I threw in the in the Google Doc. He is mad because, uh, let me see if I can remember who it is. Um, oh, yeah. So Scott Bauer, the AP, re, uh, retweeted it. Uh, governor Scott Walker, former Governor Scott Walker's mad Iron Maiden didn't make it to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Maiden? You big Iron Maiden guy? You know, not uh, not a big Iron Maiden guy. Didn't know Scott Walker was a big Iron Maiden guy. Yeah, we had the list of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees being announced this week, and I guess that gets former governors of Wisconsin fired up. Yeah, I, I don't think I think the point is here with with some people retweeting that is no, not a lot of people are big Iron Maiden people, <laughs> so hence them not being in the rock. What Scott Walker is mad about is other other groups being into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think is what was going on there. So um, I, I, I grabbed the tweet. It's kind of a long list of just. I don't know. Scott Walker's mad at particular now, band. Made I, the, now, the Rock, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame CEO says that he thinks Iron Maiden will get in eventually. So that'll smooth things over. Yeah, Scott, yeah that'll Scott Walker will just he'll be a little bit. He says Kate Bush being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is one of the stranger things I've I've seen. Or he read he read that day, so it was, he must be reading not a lot of strange things that day. Because <laughs> I don't I don't know who Kate Bush is honestly. Like we could throw it into the we might but she had that hit running up that hill and it's kind of made a comeback with like a new version of it i mean how do you make the rock and roll hall of fame basketball hall of fame it's combined college uh college nba and kind of like your basketball career for uh wherever you play in the world and kind of everybody gets into the basketball hall of fame oh yeah just everybody like if you have a good career at one point in time in basketball I mean, not maybe not like middle school or something, but like if you're a great college player and then you go to the NBA and you're kind of okay, you're going to be in the Hall of Fame because you were a great college player and there's not like a... So I feel like maybe rock and roll is like this. Maybe just kind of everybody gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at I one point. so. Except Iron Maiden. I think so. I mean, you get country artists, you get hip-hop artists, you get rock artists, you get a little bit of everything in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You don't get Iron Maiden for now. When when Walker's Walker's a Harley guy, right? So oh, yeah. when he's cruising on his Harley uh, later this month, big bikes for little tykes. Maybe Scott Walker will show up on his Harley. By the way, by the way, uh, prerequisite to be a Wisconsin politician is to get filmed riding your motorcycle. Have drone footage of yes, you about drone footage and action that, footage of you riding your motorcycle. That's just Republicans, right? Uh, to be a Republican politician yeah, in Wisconsin. I, there's yes. no Democratic. What are, what are you, I, I don't think Tony Evers has footage of him riding a Harley around. I mean, okay, Scott Walker. You got to admit, Evers riding a Harley would be pretty funny. <laughs> Evers riding a Harley is just as ridiculous thinking as Scott Walker riding around in a Harley playing right. Iron Maiden really loud. Because the people on those motorcycles got to blast the radio and you can hear it for blocks. Well, you know, half these politicians only do it when there's a camera crew around, and they don't do it in their normal lives. Well, you know, the Tony Evers, he would get the drone footage, and he would he would be riding around like a Prius or something, right? Like maybe <laughs> a com- right. Yeah. maybe convertible Prius. And then, uh, you know, I don't know, is he playing Marvin Gaye? I don't know. That, he's maybe he's probably playing. Like if we look at this list of Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Shell Crow. I sure, think maybe he's playing Willie Nelson. I mean, Tony Evers playing Willie Nelson, right? He wants recreational play marijuana. Marijuana, legal. yeah. 
Uh, 608-785-7914. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. Hi, I'm Ken Cooper, host of the podcast Around River City. I've got an invitation for you to listen in to my conversations with the people that make it so cool to live in and around River City. Subscribe at AroundRiverCity.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. Whether you're a seasoned chef or just starting your culinary journey, Cooley Region Cooks is your new podcast resource. Discover new techniques. Hear from local culinary heroes who are mastering the art of the kitchen. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 on WIZM. Stream your favorite cooking tips, local chef interviews, and mouth-watering recipes on the WIZM app. Or find us on your favorite podcast platform. Stay updated and engaged by following us on Facebook. Just search Cooley Region Cooks today. Let's air cowbell, Rick. Yeah, right? Do you, when you air cowbell, do you have to just kind of... <laughs> yeah, do a little clap. You got to do it, yeah. right? Because it it's not as satisfying <laughs> to air cowbell. Uh, famous, famous, a song made famous, I think. A famous song, but also made more famous by Saturday Night Live, Will Ferrell. I need more cowbell. Um, Will Ferrell and then, oh, the, the actor. Hey, Chris I Walken. need Chris, Christopher Walken, right? Like, I love Christopher Walken. Um, Scott Walker. Former governor of Wisconsin. Also, man, Blue Oyster Cult, not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. If you're, is this song famous enough to get you? Because when I was going on my basketball players rant, I forgot to mention that. Do one hit wonders get you into the Hall of Fame? Because uh, Magic Carpet Ride, I feel like, Hall of Fame song, but maybe not Hall of Fame band. I, I don't know if Blue Oyster Cult has, they've got quite a few songs on this list, Burning for You, I don't know. Uh, are, but are they a Hall of Fame band? This is a Hall of Fame song, but only oh, because yeah. of Saturday Night Live, I think. Only because of SNL. Yeah, so I, f- I feel like, Walker, you're a little off your key. You're rocker on this one. Walker, rocker. That's funny. I like that. Um, all right, 608-785-7914. I just opened the text line, so I didn't look at the text during the break. But UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Tregoski is Happy Friday, Rick. sitting in here. you got to <laughs> say it. Like it's, it's like if you don't do it. Um, I'm going to talk to Dan Kapenke, uh, owner of the Loggers. Sure. Here, uh, hopefully after the show. Oh, great. Uh, we have some news about like a soft, like a pro softball or maybe a, like a, I don't know if it's pro or semi-pro softball league, hopefully getting. So, oh, like, yeah. You have the Loggers. I feel like it might be the Loggers version, the softball version of the Loggers. Yeah. So we're starting to see this in, in the U.S. So this is the Brittany Griner situation where, where basketball players have to go to Russia because they pay more. Um, this happens at volleyball time. Like the Badgers have a great volleyball team. For some reason, it's a great volleyball over the last five, six years. For I don't know why women come. To, maybe, the coach might be good, but why anyone comes to Wisconsin to play for the Badgers when you could just go to Miami? Just go to Miami and live in Miami for four years. I don't know what you're doing, <laughs> or go to USC or something. But anyway, the Badgers have this great tradition. But then those players have to go overseas to play pro volleyball. So we have a we have kind of the inner workings of a pro volleyball league coming. And now uh, a, a semi maybe a semi pro or I got to talk to Kapanki about it a softball league. So that's pretty cool too. Um, all right, I want to do some. So we I did some budget talk this week. I didn't do a lot of. I think I I did a little municipality talk. So we're trying to use the billion dollars and seven billion dollar budget surplus to. To help, I don't even know if we're trying to use that money or if we're just trying to change the system in which municipalities get funding because we haven't changed it in like 20 years and inflation and like the the the, the line stays even. If you think of like the heart rate monitor, this line stay, stays even of how much cities get paid from the from the state 
And and it needs to go up. It needs to go up, and that's how we get a budget surplus. Is that money isn't getting funneled to the to in, you know our police, fire, fix the roads, uh, libraries, all that stuff. Uh, mayors, right? That's how we pay mayors. Maybe I don't know. Our tax money might go to that, but state funding's got to supplement some of this stuff. Um, so Republicans, so dueling bill, right? This is where we talk about lawsuits coming up. This won't be a lawsuit, but we're we're. What Mary Felskowski says is part of the sausage making when Evers is going to veto the Republican plan. Yeah, Rick. So the Republicans released their proposal to boost aid for local governments. And both parties have agreed that we have a major problem when it comes to funding for local governments in Wisconsin. It's unfortunate that the problem has been allowed to really gather steam for so long. I mean, we've had the roots of this problem for a while, and now we're near a crisis point to where Mitch comes on your show and talks about how we might have to make drastic cuts to fire. We might have to make cuts to the roads, to the public safety. And so we're not talking about cutting back the luxuries that we might enjoy from local governments. I mean, local governments are talking about you know, cutting back police, cutting back fire, cutting back the basic services of local governments, unless there's a major fix, a major increase from the state government. So neighborhood resource officers are like a commodity here. They're not necessary in La Crosse, but they're a commodity. They they're they're very helpful. Those neighborhoods like that, they, they kind of get to know that officer, so to speak. They're kind of like designated to an area. I think that's how the, that works. And they might get cut because the state yeah. funding hasn't changed. The model hasn't changed. I think we used to use grant money to pay for those, and, and, and then that changes. But in the Republican plan, because this is, this is where I'm like, okay, municipality funding, yes. And then Republicans and also then want what's to— the catch? Well, one of the, the catch? Well, one of the catches is they're like, you can only use this for police and fire. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, and maybe that's fine. That's part of the negotiating. But when another catch is that they're going to— where, which one is this? Prohibit local advisory referendum questions on your ballot. What does that have to do with municipality funding? Now they want to take. So when the Cross County went to the the polls last last what couple months ago, on that there was a ballot question asking to rescind the 1849 abortion law. Meanwhile, Republicans didn't allow that to go on the state version of the ballot, but they had their own referendum questions. Republicans put their own referendum questions on there, but now in their bill they've stuck in. You don't get to put advisory referendum questions on your local ballot. Big questions, Rick, regarding this bill to increase local funding. The first question was how much money would the bill provide? Would the bill provide the amount of money that local governments are asking for, that local governments need in order to prevent these drastic cuts that they are talking about making to basic services like fire protection, police safety, and other things? So that was the first big question. How much money are we talking about? The second big question what would be the strings when it comes to local government funding? And you mentioned a big one, not being able to put these advisory referendum items on the ballot. We had one here in the Cross County, as you mentioned, Rick, about the 1849 abortion ban. And so the goal of the Republicans in this new local government funding bill would be to prevent counties and cities from putting advisory referendums on the ballot. And so this all comes down to local control. 
right? I, I think power and control are what are really at stake here. Well, this here. bill is like the opposite of local control. Yeah. When when Republicans want to pass a law that says you can't ban plastic bag bans, mm-hmm. okay, well, you're taking away, every, and that's happened. Scott Walker did that, and they just wanted to do that with, like, lawnmowers, gas-powered lawnmowers, even though that's not even a thing. They, they, I guess you, you could say they want to get ahead of it because the boogeyman California. Um, but when, when hey, how are we going to fund cities? If they want to argue about we're going to give you extra funding, but we're going to tell you how to how to use that funding okay well now you're big government but then that the referendum thing has nothing to do with the with the counties funding themselves or local government it, it doesn't themselves. have to do with funding it's about power and control and so the thing is okay maybe the cities and the counties want this extra money but what are going to be the strings attached and what is this going to say ultimately about the level of control that the state government in wisconsin is going to give local governments over their affairs for example rick there is talk of limiting the streetcar funding in Milwaukee. Right. There's talk of limiting the amount of money that Milwaukee can spend on entertainment for summer activities and summer outings. Right. And They're summer really festivals. going after Milwaukee. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. So, and- so funny. Um, okay. So a couple of weeks ago, I had to, I bought a couch on Facebook marketplace to throw in the basement for the dogs. Right. Uh, I, in, in over my lifetime, I've gone to what is called the Iola car show and swap meet. We, we actually have like a little, plot there we we rent out a space and we sell old car parts so all my life i've been bartering or listening to bartering or bartering selling stuff and bartering buying stuff at the swap meet is this and and we go back to mary felskowski state republican rep part of this uh i don't know if she's on the joint finance committee or part of the 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 municipality funding deal it's all we'll go back to the all part of the sausage baking well, when you go, when you when I go to buy the couch, it's listed for two fifty. I say two hundred, and we meet in the middle at two twenty five. Right, that's how that went down. But this doesn't work when 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 Republicans want to negotiate with Governor Evers on municipality funding, and Evers goes, "Okay, well, you can't tell us how to use the money." Okay, no, we're not going to take that out. Well, we'll take out the county referendum thing so that you your counties can get re, you know uh, advisory referendums from your you know constituents from the voters. We'll take that out. Well, that's not bartering at all because that was just thrown in there as a as a grenade. It's not even part of the thing. So you can't barter. Okay, well, Republicans would be like, well, we'll take that part out of the bill. Okay, but you got to take something else out of the bill because you just threw that in. That's not negotiating. Absolutely, Rick. The question is, on those two big things I mentioned, amount of money and strings attached, where will the two sides find agreement? When we look at the two proposals, Governor Evers has proposed a significantly greater amount of money for local governments than the Republicans have. And Governor Evers has also not put a lot of strings attached. He has put some strings attached to that extra money, but not nearly as many as the Republicans have. And I think that reflects a distrust that Republicans in state government have towards local governments. Is this reverse politics? Don't the Republicans always campaign on small government are they like ending that because this all sounds like big government coming down i think it's just distrust and i think it is the idea that republicans want to promote conservatism and they will do that through tying money to certain 
criteria. They will put some strings attached. So when Trempeau County gets some state funding, they don't trust that county, the county board that was that was voted in by the voters to use that money how they see fit. Yeah, I, I think it does come Isn't down to weird? trust. It does come down to trust. So if but that's reverse politics, is that not? It, it, now big government is. is telling the little government we don't trust you it, anymore. It is. You know, it comes down to the fact that you know you might talk about local control. A lot of politicians talk about local control. They say that local control is great. But when it comes down to it, are they actually willing to walk the walk when it comes to local control? Are they actually willing to allow local governments to make their own decisions? Or is talk about local control just talk? And so I think it does come down to trust. I think that there are Republicans in the state government that simply do not trust local governments and simply want more of a say in what local governments do because they want to have some sway over what happens at the local level. They want to have some sway over the decision-making process that local governing bodies are engaged in. If Republicans could really depict this, they would go, any government that has over 5 million people because then it would just be Milwaukee. And then every other government, you could do what you want. That's probably how they want this to go, the way this bill is written, because it attacks Milwaukee all over the place. And Rick, when you look at the Republican proposal, it really advantages small communities. So the smaller localities, the smaller counties would see more of an increase in funding. And that really reflects the politics of the state, the urban-rural divide that we talk so much about. In fact, lacrosse wouldn't fare too well in this Republican proposal because La Crosse is actually one of the larger municipalities in Wisconsin. And so it really would be those tiny municipalities, those very small municipalities that end up on the winning end of the Republican proposal. So I imagine there are some folks in La Crosse who are not very happy right now with the Republican proposal because we're actually, just as Milwaukee doesn't do very well under the Republican proposal, I mean, you might find a proposal where lacrosse does a little better too. So I think that right now this proposal reflects how Republicans really value their rural base and really are not thinking well, too much about those larger cities. And this is like the divide that – and we got to go to break. But this is like the divide that we try to create and craft in politics, right, the rural – uh, suburban divide, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Is suburban? Is that what we're calling it? Or urban. Urban, yeah. there, urban divide. Um, but Governor Evers' plan doesn't take money from localities. It just doesn't tell those small local governments what to do with that money. So it's yeah. kind of funny because you say the Republican bill is so much better for smaller communities. No, it's just not better for, for larger ones, and it's kind of the evened out across. It, 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 you know, really, Rick, you know, in terms of that dollar amount, the local governments in those smaller communities do pretty darn well under the Republican proposal, but they still are subject to those strings attached. And right. again, that's how we got to think about this proposal. How much money are we talking about for local governments, and how much are we talking about putting some controls over what local governments can do. How much is the state government trying to control local governments versus giving local governments freedom? Again, you know, you hear politicians all the time saying local local control is great, local control is great. But oftentimes when you get down to it and they have to make the decision about if they're practically going to provide local control or if the state government is going to use its power to maybe tie the hands of local governments a little bit, a lot of times state governments are going to choose to 
use their influence over local governments and not give local governments all that much control. And so there is a real struggle for power right now between the state government of Wisconsin and these local governments. How much power How much more money will local governments have? All of that remains to be seen. All of those issues very much in play as we go through this really important debate. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about Minnesota legislators uh, voting with their shirts off on Zoom meetings. Hi, I'm Ken Cooper, host of the podcast Around River City. I've got an invitation for you to listen in to my conversations with the people that make it so cool to live in and around River City. Subscribe at AroundRiverCity.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. This is LC. LA? LC. This is a great Friday song, especially yeah. like today. Although it's supposed to rain, I think, all weekend. It's a rock and roll Hall of Fame inductee, Cheryl Crow. <laughs> Scott Walker's bad about it. No. <laughs> uh, huge crush on Cheryl Crow in high school. I, I think I have all her CDs, like through whatever, for, through the 90s. So just just a little weird info from me there. Yeah, very deserving you're just, you're of looking the, at me so Very weird. deserving of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Tchaikovsky's like, yeah, play Cheryl Crow. And then I looked at all the Cheryl Crow songs and started singing like the refrains of every one. It's pretty masterful how I remember every Cheryl Crow I, I just saw you travel back in time to the 90s right there. <laughs> uh, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. That's UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Tchaikovsky. Yeah, this isn't like a huge story. And I don't even know. I Part of me doesn't even care about this, but a Minnesota Republican legislator uh, during a Zoom meeting I think what is what happens? Does it, if you talk, your camera turn on automatically? Is that kind of how that's? Is there's a setting for that? I think on Zoom you have to press a particular button and your camera turns on, and then there's another button to mute and unmute yourself. Yeah. So this this legislator must have had the auto. If I if I speak, my camera turns on because all he yeah. went is like yay or whatever he said. <laughs> I think there's there's video. You, you have to watch the video, so it's hard to talk about. But it just, it's a Zoom, it's like a city council meeting, you know, what, what we would see in the cross, but it's a state state meeting, right? And his camera turns on for him to vote yes or no on the thing, and he's laying on his side shirtless, in, and in the background is a funny poster too, right? Yeah, I, and I have to give him a shout-out for this one as a political scientist, the I'm Just a Bill cartoon from Schoolhouse Rock, which yes. I show all of my classes <laughs> to teach them about the legislative process in Congress. You still do that? I still do that. It's I like, still love I'm Just a Bill. Before my Cheryl Crow phase, there was the Saturday morning cartoon I'm Just a Bill phase. None of that stuff. <laughs> None of that sticks with kids that age, you know, Saturday morning cartoons. But yeah, there's it just like he pops up for like maybe a second and a half and he's just pretty much naked. I don't care. You know what? Like you you've you've uh, grumbled in the past, like when Congress, U.S. House, Senate votes by proxy, right? Votes by Zoom meeting here. You know what? Like they and they give the guy an excuse. He was coming off a late night. He's a truck driver, whatever. I don't I don't think he needs an excuse. I don't really care if you as a state legislator, a local uh, city council member want to vote on something completely. Now, is it buck naked or butt naked? Because <laughs> in my head, buck naked doesn't make any sense, but butt naked. But if you want to vote butt naked, maybe just don't have your camera turn on. And all I care about is that you know what you're voting for. You've read the proposal and you have this is how you feel your constituents feel about the thing. I had mixed feelings about proxy voting in Congress. It was this tool during the pandemic where if you, Rick, were a member of Congress and you wanted me to vote for you, I could say, and I am here and Rick votes yes on this bill. 
and I'm voting on behalf of Rick. And so that was a way to limit the amount of people who were in Washington, D.C., limit travel, limit interpersonal interaction. Virus, yes, we got it, yep. Yeah, and so that went on for a while. So the proxy wasn't even like you're on Zoom at home on your computer. It was like, oh, that's way different than I thought it was. Yeah. So So like Ron Kine wouldn't be sitting at home in D.C. uh, just voting on bills in the U.S. House of Representatives. He actually would just have Mark Pocan vote for him? Exactly. You would have another member of Congress vote on your behalf. And I have a problem with that because you're not showing up in any way, shape, or form yeah. to do your job yeah, as a member of different. Congress. Wow, we did a tor- terrible job of explaining that two, three years ago <laughs> during the pandemic. Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. This is way different. This is a guy just uh, laying on his couch naked, probably watching something <laughs> in the background. He's not naked. He's got boxers on, but he has the bill in the background. So he has <laughs> That's this, the like, best part about we, this. We should we should find that little, that, that sound clip of, I'm um, just, isn't he really sad, the bill guy? Yeah, the bill is sad because he doesn't know if he's going to become a law. Never becomes a law doesn't matter <laughs> recreational marijuana no way not in not in wisconsin anyway 608 785 so that's i mean just go it's on i believe it's on the website it's a just a little funny little video um you know and i i don't honestly i don't care if somebody wants to vote naked buck or butt naked um <laughs> just just don't have your camera on and make sure you read the bill just know what the heck you're voting on um what else what else do we have going on here um we well we've oh, got yeah. Donald Trump. Scott's, oh, we've got, wait, Scott's comment. Scott's so, can comment. we go back yeah. to municipality funding? And so, again, Republicans want to put stipulations on how this, how localities can use extra. Fu- it's not. It shouldn't even be extra funding. It should just be we've we've changed how the state's going to fund governments, and now that's how it's doing because there's no stipulations. I don't think the stipulations aren't as harsh as is what they are now. So we're just changing the formula and then cities will get the money that they need in a different way. So there shouldn't be any different stipulations, but another one of the stipulations along with counties, not being able to to ask voters if they feel like recreational marijuana should be passed. We did that in La Crosse County a couple years ago. Uh, And we've argued about it. We argued about it, about it before the last legislative, uh, before the last uh, election, the other thing, and Scott's comment reminded me of this. Do you have this in front of you? Because I don't actually have it. I do. So in order to maintain your funding, in fact, to avoid a 15% funding cut, local governments would need to do two of the four. Okay, this is the Republican plan to to fund localities. These are You, you have to do these in order to get the money. Maintain police and fire funding. Okay. I don't do know not what that make means. do not make position cuts. Fair enough. Maintain number of traffic tickets written. What does that mean? <laughs> maintain to what? And maintain number of arrests. Every time we it, like we talk as a society, right? It's it's the early in the month, but a week ago we would all if you would have seen like four or five people on the highway pulled over, right? We do the if we want to go back to conspiracy theory talk, right? We always say, oh, end of the month, police got to hit their traffic ticket quota. So they're pulling everybody over. And then if you ask police, they're like, that's not a thing. We actually don't have every every like everybody. You hear that everywhere. There's police. We don't have a quota for pulling people over. It's not a thing. And now Republicans are literally saying that's going to be a thing. You have to pull this many people over. Yeah. You know what? 
traffic they, ticket. Tony Evers has said that he will veto the Republican plan for increased spending for local governments. And I think this became a big talking point among Evers and other opponents of the Republican plan because it confirms what some people have suspected, that there is a quota or there might be a quota for traffic tickets issued and also a quota for the number of arrests made. Yeah, like, what is that? that? That seems to be an odd thing to tie funding to. Like you have to make a certain amount of arrests yeah, what in order to make in order to avoid your 15% cut. So over the last couple of years, the the Republican tagline has been fight crime. We got to ha- tamp tamp down on crime. We got to get rid of it. Now, what if we solved crime? Republicans <laughs> passed legislation or and we elected officials that passed legislation to end crime or bring it way down. And now they put into a municipality funding bill, "Hey, you have to have this many arrests. But what if there are nobody to arrest? Now the police would be like, so this is the thing. The police would be like, um, nobody's committing crimes. We can't arrest people. And then you go back to the first one on that list, Chagoski, which is what? Which is the uh, number the of one. officers. The second one, right? Uh, maintaining, maintaining positions. Maintaining funding, right? Like our number of officers. Well, yep. we don't need this many officers because we don't have any more crime because you politicians have passed legislation to tamp down on crime. And now we'll cut your. Now we're going to cut your pay. Now we're going to cut your your municipality funding by fifteen percent, even though we've solved crime. Yeah, Rick. I mean, there are other ways to ensure that municipalities have the resources they need to fight crime. I think we talk a lot about the optics of politics, the public relations of politics, and this was a public relations blunder for the supporters of this bill to tie funding to the amount of. Tickets written to tie funding to the amount of arrests made. Unreal. It just did not come across well at all in the press. It gave the opponents of the bill, like Governor Evers, a pretty easy talking point that they could use to try to make their case against this particular when, proposal. When Republicans put this bill out, they gave them they gave legislators fit three hours to sign on to it. You yeah. remember that? Yeah. So you only had three hours to read the bill. I don't know how long the bill was. It was but about also, 130 pages. But this is a proposal, yeah. right? Like now – what we're gonna? Who are you negotiating with now? You veto. It's there to, for Evers to veto, or no? The Assembly and the Senate have to pass it. It has not been passed by the yeah. Assembly or the Senate. In fact, it is not clear that it could pass the Assembly or the Senate if it came up for a vote today. And the politics of this are especially complicated by the fact that Tony Evers has said he would veto the thing if it does reach his desk. So we are still in the relatively early stages of this process. And we do have a proposal on the table that is being debated. And as the article said, as the sponsor of the legislation said, the sausage is being made. And so all that's in process. But I think we are still a ways from a final agreement because because there are just some really sticky issues, some thorny issues to figure out. I just don't understand how the bill gets out there with stupid stuff like that. You got to maintain traffic tickets. We got to go after voters for traffic tickets. And then we got to go after voters for a number of crimes like if you or after police. Really? Hey, you got to keep arresting people. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to get your funding. Yeah, Rick. And for something that would so obviously gain negative press coverage, that would so obviously make the bill a target. That would so obviously become a talking point and that would be just unacceptable to so many politicians. But this I mean, who's who's going to vote for this if you're in the legislature? Well, and then taking uh, taking county referendums off the off the table too. Lacrosse yeah. County, other counties won't be able to put anything on the ballot that says, hey, this is how we feel about a subject that you guys are ignoring in the state, even though after those referendums. 
the state ignores them anyway because we haven't we haven't even proposed marijuana legislation in any way, shape, or form. Um, but but this is this is also this is not how the sausage is made. This is not the negotiation that you do at a swap meet. You don't go, okay, we'll take out the we we will take out the traffic tickets. We'll take out the police have to make so and so number of arrests per month or whatever it is, and we'll take out that that those things don't count. Like those, you don't get to take those out. You have to take other things out if you want to negotiate with the other side on this. And that is the key question, Rick. What will stay in the bill? What will be taken out before it gets presented to Governor E? goes to his desk to be signed or vetoed. I just can't believe Republicans even let that. Like, here's the bill. Before we put this out to the public, maybe we should take these stupid things off here that everyone's going to hate. Just a big PR blunder. (laughs) It's awful. Hi, I'm Ken Cooper, host of the podcast Around River City. I've got an invitation for you to listen in to my conversations with the people that make it so cool to live in and around River City. Subscribe at AroundRiverCity.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. Oh, hell yeah. This is a great song. Yeah. Just didn't know. Made the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Congratulations. This, I see. I was thinking like Spin Doctors, but this is the Spinner. The Spinners. Spin Doctors. I got to see. What are the Spin Doctors saying? The Spin Doctors sing a great song. All right. I want to talk about Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. That's oh. right. Yeah. We have to put that on the list for next week. We okay. got to play Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. Me and Chagoski spend more time trying to think of what song to play to come back from break than uh, the actual stuff that we're going to talk about. Like, it shows. It shows. Um, okay, so this this thing has been gaining attention on Twitter a little bit and uh, maybe other social medias. But the, there was a there was a poll put out by YouGov. The YouGov you like YouGov. Polls, They're legit, right? and and it's in an, in the middle of a PDF. But this is like Democrats getting really fired up and mad about this Republicans. Um, you know what they want their Republican nominee for what president or just candidate in general? Yeah, just that. What what would a Republican candidate and the top four things on this poll? What you want your rep- Republican candidate to how you want to be represented? Eighty five percent said challenge woke ideas. Okay, sixty six percent oppose any gun restrictions. That one I can see. Sixty one percent say Trump won in twenty twenty. And 57% say, make liberals cry. And Democrats on, on social media are mad, like, oh, this is your Republican ideals. This is all Republicans care about. But you go to the whole poll. That's the, just the top four things. There's nothing on this poll that is like, fight inflation or, you know, re- uh, go after crime, however however you want to. That's usually a pretty broad one for Republicans. You know, just like very, very like... These are the things that are actually affecting everyday Americans. There's nothing on this poll because other ones are like support aid to Ukraine or uh, cut spending on Social Security. That one's like maybe the closest thing. And then one that goes after abortion. Rick, a couple ones that were really interesting on here. Yeah, you mentioned that 57 percent of Republicans want a candidate who makes liberals cry. The one that I found most interesting, honestly, as a political science geek, is that 51% of Republicans want a candidate who favors a national abortion ban. 49% do not want a candidate who favors a so national I think this abortion poll ban. Is very deceiving 
because it's a yes no to these these things. Yeah, and, it's and not it's a not like, a yes no issue really. Yeah, and it's not a like is it this or that. Yeah. This is just yes no. So I guess it makes a little bit more sense, but like there's nothing on here productive. It's very simplistic. Because if you put fight inflation, I feel like, yes, number one, 99.9% would be like, of my nominees, I want to fight inflation. So they're just like triggering things that piss Democrats off that you would put in a poll. So uh, here's where YouGov, I'm like, eh, YouGov, you could have did better. Yeah, I mean, I think there is some useful information in here. I mean, for instance, Republicans right now are trying to figure out what should they do nationally on abortion, if anything, Say that the Republicans They're trying to figure that out. I think they figured it out. We got to go. We got to run away. Yeah. We run away. We, yeah can we know, go back to Roe v. Wade being the thing? Because then we would win elections again. You know, imagine a Republican president. Imagine a Republican Congress. What would they do on abortion? It seems like the party is pretty divided. Also, Rick, I would mention that Donald Trump is going after Ron DeSantis on the issue of Social Security and Medicare. Donald Trump is accusing Ron DeSantis of being in favor of cuts for Social Security so Ron, Ron and De, Medicare. Ron DeSantis, Florida governor, maybe going to run for president. Yeah. Do you think Ron DeSantis runs for president? You know, he might, he might not. His poll numbers have not looked great. Right. Like, like he would just, I feel like he's just not going to run. Yeah. Like, why would he? He looks at this and goes, I'm not going to win. What you might say if you're Ron DeSantis is that... Donald Trump is pulling away right now in the polls for the Republicans. Okay. What if I, Ron DeSantis, wait until 2028 okay, to run wait. for president? At this point in time, we're a year and change out from like the primary season even beginning, right? Or, yeah. Right? Even the primary about a, season? A little less a than – yeah, about a year. From the primary season yeah. beginning – as a political science professor, the the people's names that are in the hat right now are, is it is it not worth even? I get it. The president and the former president are on the ballot, but at that anyone else would can someone make a splash like Bernie did? Right, like Bernie made a splash, but did he make a splash now or later? Yeah, I think right now, Rick, there is really no one who can challenge Donald Trump. Should we care about other nominees at this point? Is what I'm, should we waste our time thinking about Nikki Haley? Uh, no. Marion, whatever her name no, is. No, no, not at all. I, the only player that we're waiting on is Ron DeSantis. He's the only person. But we, we should waste our time on that right now? I, I think I maybe, maybe not. I mean, his decision making is going to be hugely relevant because he is the only person who could challenge Donald Trump, in my view, for the nomination. Hi, I'm Ken Cooper, host of the podcast Around River City. I've got an invitation for you to listen in to my conversations with the people that make it so cool to live in and around River City. Subscribe at aroundrivercity.com or anywhere you get your podcasts.